Welcome to the Exploring Washington State podcast. Here's your host, Scott Cowan. Hello and welcome to episode 13. Today I have a conversation with Brandon Fralick and Rachel Wood. Brandon and Rachel are authors of the newly published book, Urban Hikes Washington. This is a guidebook of 40 urban hikes all across Washington State with full details, including maps, GPS coordinates, trailhead locations, etc. So you're always going to know where you're heading when you go on one of these hikes. These are easy and family-friendly hikes located within the urban core or within 15 minutes of town. So from Discovery Park in Seattle to Spokane's Riverfront Park, you're going to be inspired to get out and go for a walk using this guidebook. I personally have gone on both of the hikes here in Wenatchee that they list in the book. They're a lot of fun. And for those of you that know me, hiking isn't exactly my thing. Rachel and Brandon are also going to share some stories about the selection process for hikes in the book. We're going to chat about some great places to grab a bite to eat or to get a pint of some of Washington State's great craft beers. I really enjoyed my conversation with Brandon and Rachel, and I'm sure you will too. So let's get started and welcome to the episode. So welcome to the show. Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourselves? Yeah, so uh, I'm Brandon and I'm with my partner, Rachel, here. And together we are Beers at the Bottom, uh, which is a name that we came up with several years ago um, when we started our blog and uh, the concept was we love to go hiking. We love to drink beer afterwards. So we would go for a hike and uh, find the nearest brewery to, to go and have a pint beers at the bottom after our big hike. And we started blogging about that um, back in 2013. Yeah, that was 2013. So, and I'm Rachel the other half of Beers at the Bottom. I like to joke that I'm the mostly beer half of Beers at the Bottom since I actually work in the beer industry. So, What do you do in the beer industry? Um, I'm a beer tender at a little neighborhood brewery down in Kenmore, Washington, um, Karen Brewing. So I am their resident author, as my boss likes to joke. And then I do some of their social media blogging stuff um, and then work behind the counter pouring pints. So. Corn pints. Awesome. Okay. So the audience can't see this. You guys can only see part of it. This is my only outdoor shirt, which you know, I pee outside. It's kind of a bad joke, but I'm not a hiker. So I'm going to let you guys take the lead here. This is not my wheelhouse. Then our- You just came out with it. You came out with a new book called Urban Hikes Washington. I, um, I thumbed through it mainly because the cover was in hometown Wenatchee. So Kudos to Wenatchee being on the cover. Why don't you tell us what was the inspiration and what can readers hope to find? Well, Scott, I'm going to say, honestly, this is the hiking guide for you. This is, you've probably been on a few of the walks in this uh, guide. Uh, It's definitely a really great entry point for anybody who says that, oh, I'm, I'm not a hiker. I don't hike. Because in a lot of ways, a lot of these trails are just lovely little picturesque walks through the urban centers of Washington state. Um, so the, that's kind of a, a short entry point for you, but honestly, like urban hikes, we kind of defined as hikes in and around urban centers. So something that's going to be like a nice little city walk through a beautiful park. So think discovery park in Seattle or the Arboretum, Washington Arboretum, um, in Wenatchee, the Apple Capital Loop is the one that's on the cover there. And that actually goes through at least three three to four city parks along the river there. So 
it's just a nice little picturesque walk. Um, and then the other definition that we kind of used was, is they're within 30 minutes of a city center. So there are a few other kind of more, uh, we'll say, uh, I don't know, wilder areas that we go to. Uh, so actually, if you flip the book over, we have the other hike that we feature in Wenatchee on the back there, which is Saddle Rock. And that actually gets you really out into just this really craggy area up above. So, but it's still 30 minutes outside of Wenatchee. So that's Saddle Rock. Oh yeah. Saddle Rock's like 10 minutes outside. Yeah, I mean, it's, and, and when you're, yeah. When you're, when you're at the top of it, it's, it's an amazing view of the, of the, of the Wenatchee Valley, the Columbia and all of that. Yeah. Our house is not too far from that. Yeah. And so it's, that's in my, it's closer to me than the, the cover. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the, it's the also, more difficult trails. In yeah. The Thank you for saying that because I've, I've clambered up that in a, and the ambulance was crawling behind me because <laughs> they were thinking I was going to have a heart attack. It's beautiful up there, though. But I mean, it's just absolutely. I would say, um, if you can get up Saddle Rock, you can do anything else in this book. Yeah, it's okay. it's very accessible. Um, a lot of the trails are ADA accessible. We like to joke that it's great for little legs as well. So a lot of kid friendly yeah. hikes. Um, almost everything in there is dog friendly, outside of a few nature reserves that are okay. just not uh, canine friendly to keep it more natural for the the creatures who actually live there. So how long did it take you guys to assemble you, know, you, you, you before we started recording, I asked you if you'd been on all these hikes, you said, yes. So you've been on all these hikes. They're all across the state. So you just didn't go out and do this in a weekend. How long did it take you guys to, um, to put everything together to, to put the book together? Yeah. So we started, uh, we started the process in February of last year, 2019. Okay. And we had about eight months to uh, do all of our research and writing and complete our manuscript and send that to our publisher. We turned that in what uh, Halloween of last year. Yeah. So yep, October, right at the end of October, October 31st was our, our deadline. We'll mm -hmm. say. Yeah. So yeah, eight, maybe eight and a half months. And, uh, yeah. and then, you know, the, the publisher takes that and they go through, they do their edits, they, they lay out the book. And then, um, that takes several months. They send it back to us. We do an editing process and then, um, of course, it goes to print and that takes a little longer. So it just came out in uh, July. So last month. Yeah, mid-July. So. And so the whole process is about, what, a year, year and a half or so? Yeah. Well, like I said earlier, it's it's a great looking. The production of it is great. Yes. It's, this is a very, you know, this is. I was surprised when I got it. I was like opening up going, wow, this is really cool. I will say that the box that it came in took me about a half hour to open up oh. because it was like glued everywhere. It was comical. Um, Not that you had anything to do with that, but it was, it was like sealed. Like it was, you know, biohazard or something yeah. on the inside. It wasn't, you know, it was not, you know, you know, anyway, but the book's awesome. How about this? Cause readers can go and they can get the book. They can read the hikes and all that, but is there any stories? And I didn't ask you this beforehand. So throwing you on the spot, what went wrong on some of these hikes, did, did everything go smoothly or was there, was there a, like, is there a story somewhere in one of those hikes that you could share that might be entertaining? <laughs> I'll say that uh, there were some hikes that did not make the cut. Yes. That's a 
Okay. That's a great way of putting it. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of a good example. We, when we were early on in our research, we were still grappling with what is an urban hike and how are we defining this? Because mm-hmm. uh, our publisher really left it up to us to, to make those decisions. And so we, we started out on the very urban end of the spectrum. We're going to do hikes in the city and only in the city. So yeah. we, were, we wanted to include, um, you know, the Burt Gilman Trail in through Seattle. Yeah. And so we started out at, uh, where were we? Golden Gardens. Golden Gardens. We wanted to do Golden Gardens to uh, the Locks, which is kind Ballard of the, the Ballard Lodge, which is kind of the first um, chunk or leg of that Burke Gilman Trail. Um, and that was a lot of pavement walking. <laughs> and it turns out it's a, a long stretch of paved trail between two really wonderful destinations, but the hike itself, the actual walk is more suited to, um, we'll say a faster travel than walking. So biking, um, would make that traverse a little bit more exciting. Um, so it, it didn't quite make the cut for that. Yeah. So we learned early on that, um, in order for a uh, hike to really make it into the book, it had to be something that we would want to come back and hike again. Yeah. And, and so it needed to have that kind of scenic, uh, uh appeal. And there were parts of that trail that just really weren't doing it for us. No. Um, yeah. so, so we cut it and, uh, you know, it was, it was a day on the trail where we, we learned what we did and didn't want. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, and then the only other one that I can think of that didn't make the cut and probably would at, at some point, but we, I don't remember the name of that preserve, but there, we had picked out a trail that we really wanted to do. We were really excited and we get down there and that section of trail was completely closed for restoration. So it was, uh, it was a little bit disappointing. We were also down there during a heat wave. This was kind of outside of uh, Vancouver, Washington. And it was like 92, 93. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it wasn't um, safe conditions to just be out hiking around and trying to figure out the way that you're trying to make through this nature preserve. So. So Sorry, I was. Yeah, that one ended up on the cutting room floor, unfortunately. Cutting room floor. Okay, so the the outtakes. But how about on the hikes that made it to the to the book? Any Ooh. anything there that was like, well, we should have prepared differently. Like, I didn't know it was going to be ninety, and I didn't bring sunscreen, or I didn't know it was going to be raining the entire walk, or what other tips do you have for people that may be going out? So let's say I'm in Wenatchee, so I'm going to go down to. Um, I don't know. Try cities and do Badger Mountain. Right. Okay. Don't do it in the middle of summer. Yes. No. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a really yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. I, I, but somebody from Seattle may run over to Eastern Washington and not realize that you know, right? It's it's a dry heat and it still crisp your skin pretty quick if you're running around without sunscreen and a tank top on. You're going to look silly in three hours. But how was Badger, you know, Badger Mountain? I always get Badger Mountain confused because there's a Badger Mountain here in right. Wenatchee area. And then it, and then there's, because there's Badger Mountain, Badger Mountain Brewing here. But then there's Badger Mountain down there. And I was talking to a guest on the podcast 
uh, that'll come out before this episode. And she's based out of Tri-Cities and she was saying how that, that area, the Badger Mountain has gotten so crazy busy yes. that it was, that it's, she likes to go up at night because it's less crowded, but it's also really beautiful looking down on, on into the Tri-Cities area. When you guys went to Badger Mountain, what did you experience there? Yeah, so we were there uh, in the springtime, which I would recommend oh. is a great time to go because you've got uh, you've got the wildflowers, the the balsam root in bloom, and uh, you know the weather's nice. It's not too hot. Like midsummer is uh, going to be blazing, so we, we yeah. don't usually make it out to Eastern Washington this time of year. <laughs> yeah. Um, shoulder season is also really nice too, because you don't experience as much trail crowding during that time. Um, we're also very fortunate too, because we did all of the research for this guide, uh, midweek, our trail days were Monday through Wednesday, a lot of times. Um, so we were very fortunate to kind of get out when it's less busy and, um, that always makes a big difference. Yeah, it makes if, a huge difference. If you difference. can go during off-peak times, try to avoid the weekends. Um, yeah. If you, if you have to go on a weekend uh, because of work schedule or whatever, you know, go early, go late. Just avoid that kind of middle of the day crowded time. Um, but when we're doing research for these, uh, we're usually out there midweek, and and that helps a bit with the crowds. Yeah. Okay. So, the book. Is your second book that I'm aware of? Yes. Correct? That your second published book. Do you, just a curiosity question, do you have a third book planned? No. Not right not now. Yet. <laughs> I, I can see them and one's got this face. Of, well, maybe. And the other one's absolutely cool. Um, <laughs> not at this time. Um, <laughs> I, not at this time. <laughs> I always joke that, um, you know, it's a brand new baby. We want to spend some time sure. with it. We want to grow no, up a little bit. Uh, but also, you know, it, as much as we love writing and researching, it does turn something that we consider a hobby into a job for about nine months straight. And it's only within the last couple months that we've been able to get back out on the trail and really feel relaxed out there again. And, and, um, and enjoy it. Yeah. So yeah, I enjoy the moment. Yeah. I'd like okay. to maybe give it a little bit of time before we really jump back into another book. Um, it is a lot of work and it, yeah, it does put a strain on a lot of different aspects of our, our life to we've make been ourselves. In, uh, we've been in kind of a, a year on year off cycle. With, yes. uh, okay. So I don't know if that will continue, but our first book came out in, in 2018. And then we spent um, that year just kind of, we're not going to do any more book projects. Mm -hmm. We're only going to work on promoting this book this year. And then, uh, 2019 we we wrote another book and now this year we're in that kind of we're going to slow down we're going to promote it yeah. and maybe next year we'll think about something else but for now we're, sure. we're happy to be where we are with with those two yeah that's i was just kind of teasing you because i was wondering like you know what's going to be next um you know really rural hikes with no beers or um yeah, we're moving in that direction. Oh, huh? gosh, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I mean, you wouldn't believe how many uh, suggestions we get on book titles. People want to see, um, you know, uh, beers 
beers and bikes or um oh my gosh wine and wine and hiking and we're like you know we would write that book but we're not experts on those subjects you know that's for somebody else to gotcha. write. yeah i think my favorite was um somebody said you know we always love to find a new place to get a hamburger after we go for a hike you sh- you guys should do that and i was like well brandon's a vegetarian so. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, not not my book to write. Yeah. Not your book. Yeah. So the, I, I love, though, that you have that, that focus that you're not going to go outside of your wheelhouse, that these are the things that you like. And so you can write about them authentically. I think that's, yeah, I think that's great. I, and, I, think, and, go ahead. I think also just in, especially with a hiking guide, you, you want to have somebody who has some authority on that subject. You don't want somebody who is like, oh, yeah, I flew out to California for a month to write and research this book on trails that I have no idea about. Um, you, you want some of that, uh, authenticity is the best way of putting it. You know, we've, we've, we're both lifelong Washingtonians and while neither one of us has spent all that much time in Eastern Washington, we do know the local flora and we know, um, about the geology and the history of the state and kind of how all things coalesce and come together so you you, it comes off as authentic and you you want to trust somebody who knows what they're talking about when they're out on that trail so no i think that's i think that's great and i am 100 percent agreement with you like if i tried to write a book on hiking it it would not uh would not ring true it just just wouldn't Um, coffee on the other hand would ring true yes so in this book put you on the spot you each get to have an answer here. Okay. You bucket list. You can only go back on one of these hikes. You know, you get to pick one, Oof. which one, if you can only go on one, which one are you going to go back to and why? That's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got 40 hikes in there, so mm-hmm. <laughs> narrow yeah, it down. Um. <clears throat> Which is your favorite yeah, child? The favorite. the favorite child. Oh, gosh. Um, man, that one's hard. We even we even prepared with a short list of uh, a few favorites, but narrowing it down to one. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll cut you some yeah. slack. What's your short, what's your short okay. list? And why? Right. And why? Mm. You want to start? Uh, yeah. So one that I would just continue to really want to go back to like every few years at least would be uh the Spokane Riverfront Trail that we put in there. So just right in downtown Spokane, kind of in the heart there. Um it's through the old area where Expo 74 took place. So it's it's literally like a walk through history at the same time kind of a a, a little bit of a portrait of Spokane at that moment. So they've just redone the old IMAX pavilion and it's a really beautiful kind of, uh, they want to do shows there and they have like a light show on Friday and Saturday nights. It's just a, it's an ever changing little space of green space in a large city. Um, and you walk over the Spokane falls. So it's, it feels very, it, it literally just does feel like, you're walking through different points in history in one park. So I really love that one. Yeah. Um, 
So let's let's stick with uh, Eastern Washington for a second here, and I'm going to take it back to Wenatchee again, because uh, Saddle Rock was actually one of our favorite discoveries in in the guide that we hadn't done before, um, and we hit it at the perfect yeah. time. Uh, it was springtime; the wildflowers were out. Uh, I loved how accessible it was. Like mm-hmm. you said, it's it's right in the city, like mm-hmm. ten minutes out mm-hmm. of downtown. You can be at Pibus and grab lunch or breakfast and be at the trailhead and in no time. Yeah. And so yeah, 15 minutes because you took a wrong turn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and then you get up there and you feel like you're so much further out of the city. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden you're, you're on this wild trail and, and then you're up at the rock, you're looking down on the river and down on Wenatchee Valley and it's incredible. So yeah. uh, that one, we've actually gone back to it since um a couple times yeah so that might be the one for me yeah. um okay and then uh because i'm a bit biased and i live in bellingham i love the south bay trail here which is okay. a trail that runs um from fairhaven uh along the waterfront into downtown bellingham yeah and very uh easy urban trail you see people out there pushing strollers uh it's mostly flat there is a section that's uh, kind of a, a, a ramp, yeah, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, a ramp down onto the the Taylor Dock Boardwalk there, and it's just gorgeous. I mean, you're out there on the salt water on the bay. Um, uh, you can stop for coffee at the at the Woods Coffee Shop there in Boulevard Park, and on either end of the trail, you're in an urban area. So you know, if you want to grab coffee, if you want to hit up a brewery and get some beers, whatever. Yeah. Um, you start in the city, you end in the city, but in between, it's just this stretch of, of beautiful uh, saltwater shoreline. Cool. Bellingham's a beautiful little, I'll say a little city, but it's, it's Bellingham's beautiful. Yeah. I like Bellingham a lot. Okay. So what's, what's next? What's next? Um, what other one? Ooh. You had it? And then I'll continue kind of with the theme that I was talking about, but we actually, we're really excited to kind of explore Tacoma a little bit more. Um, so we did a hike there, um, Dune Peninsula hike across the Wilson Way Bridge to Point Defiance. So it's a really interesting kind of new urban walkway, we'll say, that connects that Ruston Point area to Point Defiance. So it's making that uh, Tacoma a little bit more accessible to those who are carless or carless travel kind of thing. Um, so you can really do a day, like you can go down and hit up some of the new, newer restaurants down at Ruston point, and then walk all the way into the flower gardens over at point defiance and hit up the zoo if you so choose, but it's, it's really lovely. And they have, uh, off of Wilson way, they have a new, what are they calling it? The stairs and slides, and it's, I mean, kids love this. It's, it's literally just a network of different staircases. And then next to it, it's a bunch of like slides. So like shoots and ladders in real life. So we walked and watched <laughs> all these little kids and like adults sliding down the slides and then running back up the stairs and then sliding down the slides. It's, what is that? You've got the picture there. There's at least five six six five or six sets yeah. of slides and stairs it drops about 50 feet 
Yeah. So just oh, really that sounds fun. really cool. Yeah. So it's it's <laughs> it's fun little discoveries like that that make urban parks, you know, just kind of a, a gem. You know. I'll so. say if you if you have the book, that's page uh, one hundred and two for yeah. Dune Peninsula to Point Defiance Park, and it's a really cool spot to check out that uh, yeah. just kind of opened up in the last year or so. Yeah, kind of part of that revitalization of the Tacoma waterfront there. Um, they really did a lot of restoration down in that area to make that Dune Peninsula Park, which is just really fantastic. So, Yeah, that's, that's very cool looking. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't want to go slide slide down the hills and then like you said it does connect to the the Rustin point and all of that development there yeah. the restaurants that are available to you and getting into point defiance which is an amazing park with lots of things a lot of options there i think the i've, I've always enjoyed the ferry ride from point defiance to bash on and back just because it's a smaller ferry mm-hmm. it's not one of the, the giant i mean i love taking the ferry into seattle and watching you know watching the seattle skyline you know poof that's that's awesome but the vashon ferry uh i say that because i had to take it for work every day uh for a while and it was never tiring no. it was always kind of fun to get on to get on the to get on the boat it was always interesting you know get off the boat uh spoiler alert for those of you that are going to go try this hike or go down to point defiance the rustin police department love to catch speeders oh, so caution yeah. do, do not speed through rustin there's my civic duty. For the day. <laughs> Good to know. Uh, public service announcement. What, so the books have been out. Where can people find the book? I mean, is it, is it, a, I'm, I'll let you tell because I'm going to ask questions and if it's not there, I'll sound silly, but so where, where can people find the book right now? Yeah. So it is available on Amazon, of course. Um, but if you want to buy more local and we encourage people to do that, uh, it is in most uh, local bookstores so um, here in Bellingham, we, we have it at Village Books. And I'm sure if you have an indie bookstore near you, they either have it or they can get it. Um, okay. Barnes & Noble carries it. Uh, some of the bigger box stores like Target carry it. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty widely available. It's easy to find. That's awesome. That's great that it's, uh, it's widely available for, available for people. Is it available at REI by chance? I would believe so. Um, it is part of the Falcon Guides line. So and Falcon Guides is one of the top kind of guidebook producers in the United States. So kind of anywhere that's going to have a Falcon Guide will most likely have access to this book. book. I, I, yeah. We can't confirm REI because we haven't been in there, but uh, <laughs> you know, there's a pretty good chance that they'll have it. I don't know. Is REI currently time of COVID? Is REI even open to the public right. right now? I don't know. I believe they are, but I. Yeah, so it's so weird it's right now. Very yeah. Weird. Yeah. Yes. It's very strange. So let's go. Let's, let's transition. Let's go to your first book. Let's talk beer. All right. We can talk beer. Yeah, we can talk beer. So I have not looked at your first book in depth. So I'm going to just. Full disclosure here. Okay. And if you say Budweiser, this conversation's over. Well, that name should never be spoken. That word shall not be repeated. Yeah, no, no. Okay, cool. Yeah. On those hikes, those were designed that there were pubs, breweries, taverns, places to grab a good beer close by, correct? correct? Yes. Okay. What, what hikes, it's been a while since you wrote the book. Yes. So what, 
Like now today you can go out anywhere you want in that book, magically appear, go hiking, go have a beer. Oh man. So we were actually just having a conversation this morning about, um, where we wish we could just sort of like transport, like just step through a portal, portal two somewhere. Um, and actually Yahats came up for us. So Yahats Brewing is down on the Oregon coast. Um, it's just okay. right outside of, well, it's in the town of Yahats. Uh, and what is that little area down there called? <laughs> Um, it's kind of the Southern Oregon coast. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Perpetua hey, was the, the yeah. hike that we did down there. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. So that's pretty well known. That area is mostly known for Thor's well. If you've seen that one's definitely a one that gets to be kind of an Instagrammable spot because it's a collapsed sea mm-hmm. cave. So at different times of the day, it literally looks like the water is going down into a well into the bottom of the earth. Um, so that's, that's very yeah, cool. it's very beautiful. Um, and it's just this really kind of wild section of Oregon coastline. It's all basalt rock. So it's just really craggy and everything. And then the waves come in and these different formations, um, so it just feels very wild and it works very perfectly with the brewery down there, which is Yahat's Brewing. And it's, they do, they focus on, um, wild ales, farmhouse, spontaneously fermented. I think they have a cool ship upstairs that they collect actual wild yeast from the air. So you get oh, wow. a lot of that, um, to be really like pedantic right now, but the terroir of the region and everything <laughs> definitely comes in, um, so it, that one was just like a lovely, a lovely little find because it's, it's very unique. You're only going to get beer that tastes like that from that area because of the way it's made. So. All right. So now you, I, I should have qualified. You have to stay in Washington. Okay. We, we gave, we gave props to another state, which is not what we're all about. Here. <laughs> um, oh, Washington. Washington. You're going to stay in Washington. Mm. Oh man. Where's the where's the place that that's too has great has great beer that people may not know and they should know. Okay. Oh, uh, well I'll I'll go ahead and you take that one. Take that one because uh again, I love Whatcom County and uh we've got a great uh brewery out Mount Baker Highway that People who hike out there know about it, but if maybe if you're from uh, the Seattle area or, or Eastern Washington or something, and you haven't spent a lot of time up here, you, maybe you haven't heard of uh, the North Fork Brewery. And they've been there a long time, um, but they're just doing their thing out there off Mount Baker Highway. There's really nothing else around, just uh, this little brewery right off the road, and they are the go-to place after a hike on Mount mm-hmm. Baker highway, um, they have fantastic pizza and really fun, funky beers. I mean, sours, um, really experimental stuff there. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite things to have there is the, they make an ESB and they serve it on nitro and it's the smoothest beer you'll ever taste. Super creamy, just really creamy. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's always one of our go-to stops when we're hiking up that direction. 
So how far is that out of Bellingham? It's probably about 40, 45 minutes uh, east on Mount Baker Highway. Yeah. Okay. Are they Glacier yeah. or Deming? Their uh, technically, it's, it's Deming. Yeah. 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 Okay. Deming. Okay. So where else? You got to go and you were hiking and drinking. So there has to be other good stories here. What other beers? Let's say, how about this? Put you. Where in Eastern Washington was there any, ah, any places? <laughs> warmer. Well, not necessarily Wenatchee, but you know. Um, um, what what did you what have you found over here in Eastern Washington that you've that you've enjoyed? So okay, so let's back up a little bit and 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 uh, we researched this book in 2016, uh, yeah. and the beer landscape has changed a lot in the last few years. I mean. Yeah. Uh, yes. Breweries have opened, breweries have closed. And so we've seen, uh, I, the first thing that comes to mind is, is Yakima in East Washington, okay. because it is hop country. That's mm-hmm. where the hops are grown for 75% of the U S I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's incredible. So you, it doesn't get any fresher than that. If you have beer made in Yakima, um, it's, it's hard to beat. So oh, yeah, we, we included uh bail breaker. Oh yeah. Yes. They're actually located on a hop farm. So that's yes. pretty cool. Uh, and of course they're widely distributed. You can find their, their beer out here in Bellingham, just about anywhere in the state. Um, and so they're, they're really great. Uh, we love their beer. Um, but there've been a few new breweries that have opened in Yakima yeah. over the last few years that we really haven't had a chance to to check out. So we need to get back over there and do some some research. Yeah, to kind of quantify, yeah, to quantify how uh, different the beer landscape is since 2016. I think Washington State had 200 breweries at that point, um, and okay. we were like really excited. Oh, 200 breweries, we're getting up there. We're so big. Uh, I think. Washington just kind of closed over, in at over 400 mm-hmm. this year. Um, oh, wow. So that, there's twice the number of breweries that we could have included in this book now, just in Washington alone. So maybe you need to do an, uh, a volume two. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then oh, there, 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 there's, your, there's your next book yeah. for you. Let's just do volume yeah. two. And, yeah. Hopefully more on that later. Yeah. Yeah. So now that I'm yeah. thinking more so, about, uh, Eastern Washington. We also really love Leavenworth and, uh, yeah. icicle brewing is fantastic. And, and honestly, if you want to feel like you're going into, uh, a small brewery where somebody's going to remember you, it would be icicle brewing. Their, their hospitality is just fantastic. Everybody there is really lovely. Um, really tries to make the beer accessible to anybody who walks in because it is a bit of a tourist town. So you have a lot of people who are coming in and might not know anything about Leavenworth and also might not know much about craft beer itself. So just to have a a really great staff that is excited about their beer and excited about beer in general is, is really important. So. I think in any craft, you know, coffee roasters, winemakers, breweries, the staff can make a huge difference as to what is what, what the experience is like. And so that, but wine can be so perceived as so structured. So 
rule driven. So dare I say pretentious. There's it. Wine does have that perception of there being a little bit more gatekeeping involved to really. That's a great, that's actually, yeah, yes. Gatekeeping is a great way of putting it. And that's not always the case. Beers always seem to me to be a more approachable beverage. Yeah. Um, I think it comes a lot from um, kind of the, the tradition of the public house, right? So if beer being easily made, uh, kind of by anybody, right? You would have your, your pub, right? In the history of beer, you would have your place that you went to that had your favorite bitter, right? So it is a little bit more community driven in a lot of ways. And, uh, there's, there's just, um, an amount of just kind of like packability to beer and accessibility to beer. So beer is to be enjoyed wherever there's good times happening. So that's kind of a really, uh, wine seems a little bit more special occasion, right? Like sit down with a nice dinner and while you can do that with beer, we host beer dinners all the time everywhere, you know, like top chefs pairing a meal with a specific type of beer. Uh, it, it does have a little bit more of that kind of community, sit down with your neighbor and have a pint, have a talk about whatever you want to talk about. So yeah. And I think the fact that you just, you know, in a very short period of time, we've doubled our breweries in the state yeah. of Washington is phenomenal. It's also kind of scary given COVID, how all these fledgling businesses of any type are navigating. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you said earlier you were, um, you serve beer. How's, how's that impact? How's, how has this impacted your actual, um, Location. Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, we went from during the shutdown, we were able to just do to go only. We were very fortunate because we had started canning um, in December of last year. We were kind of doing like a, a fledgling canning program just sort of to be a new way to kind of boost business just in a new way. Um, so we were incredibly lucky because we were able to pivot very quickly into just being production. So we went from a place where 90% of our business was over the counter to a place where uh, everything had to be to go only. So that was a a quick pivot. We're a small staff, so it's easy for us. And I think that the brewery that I work at is very much kind of a model for how a lot of breweries are doing things during COVID. We were small, like many small breweries. So we just had to make some tough decisions and just move quickly. Um, now we are really fortunate to have a larger beer garden because we were able to transform our parking lot into a beer garden. So we literally just shut the gate to our parking lot, put up a bunch of tables. And so we're operating that way. Um, so all outside and, uh, just, pouring pints as quickly as we can and keeping people happy and saying hi and only seeing half of our customers faces, but you know, it's a, it's a beautiful way to see them. So. That's, that's awesome. I, I, I've heard some really great stories during the last few months about people that have, how they've adapted and um, changed completely, even what they're selling Mm -hmm. sometimes. And they're um, sorry. I'm, I, Full disclosure, squirrel moment. 
I've been looking at your audio meter when I'm talking and it's not going up, but that's because it's your audio meter, not my audio meter. We're good. I hope we can. I hope we can cut that out. Otherwise it's going to be on the blooper reel for someday. Anyway. Uh, um, okay. So do you both live in Bellingham? Not currently. I live in Bellingham. I live mm-hmm. part-time in Bellingham. We'll say uh, when I'm not at the brewery, okay. I'm pretty much up here. So yeah. Up here. Up in Bellingham. Okay. So when you're going out and you want to grab something to eat. Let's say you're going to go to lunch. We'll make it casual. Where's a great place in Bellingham that next time I visit, I should go check out. Okay. Well, uh, we have a newer place in town um, called Black Sheep on uh, Holly Street. And it's a, it's a taco bar or it's a bar. I've been there. I knew I knew that. That place is amazing. They're fantastic. They're right next to uh, Camber, actually. Yes, Um, I knew I. Okay, you said that name, and yeah, sorry. That that place is that has been one of our go-to places for the last couple years. Um, Yeah, really great tacos and just a fun kind of upbeat vibe at that place. So uh, that that, that's the first thing that comes to mind for me. Yeah, and you took the words right out of my mouth. Honestly. Go to breweries too. So. We do. Um, yeah. And as far as food and breweries go, um, probably Bellingham's newest brewery is also one of our favorite places to eat. So Otherlands Brewing um, in the Sunnyland neighborhood. Uh, they are, they make great, wonderful, just really kind of, they describe them as delicate beers, but it's more along the lines of easy drinking beers that pair really well with food. So we're talking a lot of European and Belgian influences in the beer, uh, a lot of lagers, a lot of saisons, some really fun IPAs and, uh, in a fantastic food menu. So everything from like a beet salad to Polish pierogies and just delicious, good. Okay. And they have a, they have a, a kind of a limited seasonal menu, which is nice because you're not paging through, you know, 500 items it's it's pretty easy to sit down and say okay they've got you know maybe half a dozen things on the menu today and oh that sounds good that's fresh and in Mm -hmm. season um and so uh we've loved just going there every couple weeks and trying what's new on the menu and everything has been fantastic so far yeah that's one of the things when you go to a place and they have you know 30 beers on the chalkboard and you know 30 items to eat and you it's kind of almost overwhelming. And my default setting then is to go, Oh, I recognize that brand. I'll order that and I'll have this safe hamburger here. And I think, I think I'm doing myself a disservice where if I had only six items to choose from, and I would probably try, I'd probably just because I have, I don't have decision fatigue. I would go, Oh, the beet salad. I'm going to give that a try. And then, you know, try to pair it with something just to be different. So I love it when restaurants do more of a seasonal, you know, in, in season thing versus the overwhelming you with yeah. multiple choices yeah. of, you know, it's things. nice for sharing too. If you're going out with someone, um, we can each order something and, and try it both and, uh, kind of taste through the menu that way. So, yeah. Right. No, that's, that's awesome. So where else, so in Bellingham, what else is there that you guys like to do when you're out and about and you're not working? 
You're not writing, you're not writing hiking guides or, or pouring beers. What is it? What is it in Bellingham that you like to do? You won't be surprised by this, but we like to go to breweries and we like to hike. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what we do. Come on now. There's gotta be something um, else. We, uh, what else do we do? We go to happy hour. That's we not beer, but that's, uh, okay, that's, yeah. that's okay. something. Uh, yeah. Bellingham has a, in the last few years, uh, a, kind of a up and coming cocktail scene. There's a lot of really kind of fun bars. Um, one in Fairhaven that we really love is swim club who is unfortunately uh, only doing to go cocktails right now, but that one is such a really unique space because it's, it's sort of supposed to be like, the French Riviera swim up hotel bar from like the 1950s, early sixties. So think like everybody in this bar reads Hemingway kind of thing, like very just lovely. A lot of like nice kind of mid color woods, mid century, modern decor, um, just lovely little escape, especially on a rainy winter day to just go in and feel like you are not, in Bellingham, which is, yeah, that, that sounds yeah, awesome. A, I mean, that sounds like a really it's a cool very idea. fun little bar um, with a great staff. So, yeah, yeah, and, and then you know we also like to get out and just kind of explore uh, around yeah. the county and in, in this area, especially now um, since we've been kind of locked down, staying home more, and not traveling as much. Uh, we spent a lot of time just uh, exploring Whatcom County, a little bit of Skagit County. And, uh, like last couple of weeks ago, we were up, we stayed at uh Semiama resort for a night and spent yeah. some time at the beach, you know, um, doing yeah. some easy beach walks and, and just soaking up the sun. Yeah. Just getting out. Um, it was the first time we'd ever been to, uh, the Peace Arch state park, which was just a, a strange little world in itself. <laughs> like you yeah. look out and there's a, you look literally across a ditch and there's Canada. There's like literal Canadians hanging out doing yard work in their yard, walking their dog. And you're like, there's Canada and I'm not allowed to talk to but you. I but I can't go there. Yeah. No fence. There's, there's literally no fence. You can just walk across this little ditch. Yeah, literally. There's a little. And, and, and I'm not welcome. No. <laughs> not welcome. It was, it was a very strange uh. experience. <laughs> That uh, would be, that's, that's kind of surreal. Yeah. I, I go up to Oroville quite a bit and, you know, right there is kind of the same thing. It's just like, I can see Canada. It's amazing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. From our, from our room at Semiyama, we looked out and it's like, oh, there's the white rock. There's white rock. We see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's pretty amazing. So, so let's see. So Brandon, you, you've written some articles for our site. Uh, thank you, you know, publicly. Thank you for all your, your articles. And I encourage everybody to go, well, check them out, self-serving, because it'll be on our site. Um, where else do you have work published? Oh, yeah. So um, we, it's funny. We didn't really get, give our whole story in the oh, beginning. Yeah. But I'll, I'll give no, short, let's give it a turn here. Let's, do, let's just screw this interview up and just do it. Tell yeah, us your story. Okay. So... Um, so as, as I mentioned before, we did start out with a blog mm-hmm. uh, called Beers at the Bottom, and it was just a hobby blog, um, yeah. but it did eventually lead to some other opportunities. Um, our first uh, published print piece was in Washington Trails Magazine, and you know they're the, the big state organization, Washington Trails Association, that 
is an excellent resource for, for hikers. Yeah. Um, and so we, we started writing for them. We, we got some bylines and we were able to then pitch other, uh, magazine outlets and things like that. Mm -hmm. So over the years I've, uh, done a lot of freelance writing for, um, sites like outdoor projects, uh, magazines like, um, outdoors Northwest and Northwest travel and life. Uh, and as you mentioned, I write for explore Washington state now. Um, and, uh, I'm also the kind of beer and outdoors guy for Bellingham tourism. So, uh, I contribute a couple of blogs a month over there which is great because I get to explore my County and, and kind of meet with business owners and do little interviews and talk about what's new and exciting here in, in Whatcom County. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Um, I don't quite have the stomach for freelancing. I'll say, um, I don't love to pitch. So I've, the majority of my writing has been either for a specific business. I did a couple years as a copywriter, um, have a master's degree in English. Uh, most of our writing that I would do that I would consider freelance writing is done in conjunction with you. So a lot of co-authored pieces. Um, but like I said, I'm a blogger now for the brewery and, you know, just kind of a little bit more specifically for organizations rather than being a freelancer. So, so, what brought you to Bellingham? Are you from Bellingham originally? No, uh, we both attended college here at Western. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Met after that. So where, where was home to start with? Uh, so I grew up in the Skagit Valley, which is not far from here. Okay. Not far. Uh, you know, it's not about far a half an hour down, down I-5. So uh, I still have family there and I'm down there once a week, yeah. most weeks. Okay. Um, uh, and I grew up in Kirkland, so very close a to Kenmore and then not, not too far away from Bellingham either. My grandparents actually lived in Bellingham most of my childhood. So it wasn't much of a stretch to come up here for a couple days. But Kirkland is quite different than Kirkland Bellingham. is quite different from Bellingham. Um, the Kirkland I grew up in, I will say is closer to the Bellingham now than the Kirkland currently. Um, Kirkland's <laughs> grown up quite a bit in the 30 years since I was born. So they're about the same yeah. in terms of, uh, size population, but very different, very different feel. Otherwise. Yeah. 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 No, but Kirkland's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Being on the lake yes. and all that is great, but it's, uh, it has changed. Um, yes. Even more in my lifetime. I'm than sure. Your lifetime. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Um, I've got a few years on you. So, so where can people find you outside of uh, writing for us? Uh, give us some few URLs and we'll put them into the show notes at the bottom. But um, yeah. So uh, of course our website is uh, beers at the bottom.com. That's kind of our hub where you can find uh, about our books and um, the other writing stuff that we do. And then we're on social media. Um, our handle is at beers ATB, which stands for beers at the bottom. Uh, on Instagram, Facebook, and sometimes Twitter. We don't use that much anymore, but mostly Instagram uh, these days. Okay. Um, I'll leave you with the final word. What do you want to say? Um, Happy trails and ales. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
you know, it's, it's very, we're having, this book is a little bit different for us this time around for many reasons. And the main reason is that, uh, we did what near over 20 events to promote that last book where we were out on the road, meeting people, going to signings, um, and, and getting to talk to people. And that's, that's not the case this time around. So, uh, yeah, I guess the last word I'd leave, like to leave anybody with is if you do pick up our book, you know, please shout us out, you know, get a hold of us, tag it on Instagram. We'd love to see it. We'd love to figure out a way that we can send you a sticker or something with our signature on it. If you wanted to put it in the book, we, you know, we want to, we want to talk to people. We want to hear about your adventures using our words. So it's kind of where I'd like to leave things. Yeah. And, uh, I would add to that, you know, that these trails are really for everyone. You don't have to be a hiker. You don't have to consider yeah. yourself a big, a big hiker. We have stuff you can push strollers on. So, uh, check it out. It, there's something in there for everyone. And, um, and thank you, Scott and Explore yeah, thank Washington you so much. State yeah. for, uh, for having us on and, and sharing, uh, sharing the book with your listeners. Yeah. Thank you guys both. And, uh, I appreciate you being on here. This is always just really casual and informal, but the goal is to have interesting conversations with people in our state. that are doing cool things. Your books are cool. Your articles with us have been great. Uh, I encourage our, everyone to come out and try some beers, go to Kenmore. I repeat the brewery. Oh, Say it. Brewing. Yep. There you go. Go have a beer. Tell them, tell them explore Washington state. Sent you. There you go. Um, but anyway, thank you folks for listening and we'll, we'll catch you next time. Join us next time for another episode of the exploring Washington state podcast.